Hello, everyone. I'm Mark L. Vincent. I have the privilege of directing the Convene Consulting Network and to host these video podcasts. And today I am really happy that I can be joined by Jim Eaton, someone I've come to know well and respect and appreciate for his heart for really driving strong execution and business performance. Jim has 28 years in the aerospace industry, including building and then selling a business. So he's seen it from soup to nuts from beginning to end, the whole business cycle and the business development uh, arc. And uh, given that, he's got this expertise and execution. And in recent years, Jim has become a convened chair in Southern California. So he's leading some teams of other CEOs and helping them as they grow their business and grow their faith and work equation. He often speaks at convene teams and in other venues and is a very popular speaker in those circles. And he also makes himself available as a consultant to businesses working on those real-time execution problems. So, Jim, I want to say thank you for joining me. And I'm looking forward to this conversation, particularly in this moment in time, because execution is often seen and thought of as so much as going down the road in the way that you planned it or moving it up and to the right for those growth uh, charts. And when you have a big downturn and a sudden abrupt abrupt move in the market, execution might look a little bit different than that. So I'd like to just start right there. In addition to right now during this pandemic time, what are some other moments that you can think of that were uh, downturns or a crisis that you've had to live through either when you were running a business or even now as you've worked with other business leaders? Yeah, well, thanks, Mark. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And, uh, you know, this current pandemic has had me reflect many times on on my career, which uh, has spanned 42 years. And uh, actually, this is the fifth major I'd, I'd call it crisis that I've experienced. Mm. Uh, I, I think the first was many years ago, I was much younger, uh, but as a climbing executive, as a CFO, soon to become a COO uh, in the aerospace industry, we had a 30% drop in our industry. Uh, wow. And I, we had just recently bought our company a few years before. So I was also an owner and a partner and uh, to incur. <laughs> That was not in your business plan at the moment, was it? (laughs) That was not in our business plan and having to refinance and do work through a lot of things at that time. So that was a major downturn. Uh, You know, 98 and 99, uh, Mm. I was CEO. We had tripled the size of the business through 97, but we had gotten too concentrated with one client, large client, and they went out on a long-term bid and we did very poorly on that long-term bid. And within two years, uh, our business had dropped 60 percent. Wow! So that was another major uh, crisis. And then um, in 01, uh, obviously with 9/11, that wasn't good for anyone, especially in the aerospace industry. Fortunately, we had some backlog that sustained us through uh, 02. But in 03, we dipped, and I had brought in new private equity partners at that time. So that dip was not what they expected at all. Uh, nor desired. And then, uh, of course, in 08 and 09, the economic collapse. Now, I had sold my business two weeks before Lehman collapsed in 08. So they say timing is everything. It was. We were at record levels. But I stayed on for another year. And uh, and obviously, the, the whole economy around us was, was tanking. 
Um, but I'll have some things to say about that. Fortunately, we had a very strong backlog and a very strong company and we were able to survive that. But I watched everyone else suffering. And of course, now the current pandemic, which uh, uh, about 20% of my client base has been significantly impacted through this. So you've got some seasoning. I mean, you've, you've seen yeah. it a couple of different times and in several different ways. So as you reflect back over those moments, what are some key lessons that you would draw from that hold true even now, even right now, you'd say, look, those work then, they're gonna work now. What, what would you offer? Well, there are many and they're all, each one had maybe its own uniquenesses and part of the learning curve. But I think the first one, you know, in 91, I mentioned our industry fell dramatically and we were a highly leveraged company. We had, as I mentioned, recently bought our business a few years before and it was one of those highly leveraged transactions of the late 80s. And so we had a lot of debt and uh, cash. What I realized early on was cash is king. And I think too often uh, as CEOs, we get focused on profits, which is a major part of cash, but we don't think about the balance sheet that much. And I was really challenged as the CFO to manage the balance sheet uh, and make sure that we were doing everything possible to control our receivables, control our payables, reduce our inventory, uh, and just, just manage cash. Uh, because without it, we, that was our lifeblood. Uh, I think that was the first lesson. Uh, I think as I moved into 98, 99, where we had that tremendous downfall in our business where we lost that major customer. Um, you know, the first thing was to just work everything and work our, ourselves silly. And I was working literally 100 hours a week. And I will say spiritually, you know, church and, and my spiritual life was more of a Sunday thing at that point. But what that whole thing did is it drove me to my knees and I literally mm -hmm. surrendered and realized, I think, for the first time ever that this was God's business, not mine, that he had positioned me in this place and I needed to give it over to him and truly trust in him and in his word. And uh, I think that just that change of my heart began to transition uh, my life and the life of the business. Uh, I, I basically adopted a kind of a less is more strategy uh, that was more singularly focused on the things that really move the needle the most that are most critical. Uh, communication became such a critical element to make sure that we were so transparent to our people. We weren't just holding things at the leadership level. And, uh, and then also just, uh, we, at that point in time, especially in the aerospace industry, we leaned out our entire organization. So we became mm -hmm. all about continuous improvement. So that was a key learning thing. Um, mm -hmm. as we move into 01 and 03, um, that probably had the biggest impact on my life because, uh, you know, the, the, the 01, uh, 9 11 and the downturn in 03, because I was challenged by my new equity partners to really change the culture of the organization. And that meant really changing our methods of operation and leading. And the good news was is that since my heart had gone through a change, even though I wasn't aware of better ways to do it, I was more open to a letting consultants come in for the first time in my life and really help us do that. Yeah, they're not they're not paid staff. You got to keep permanent. You can be project focused. Yeah, that's exactly right. And mm -hmm. so we began to learn new ways of operating after all these years of thinking that, you know, it was it was my way or the highway or our, we were the only ones that we were the experts of what we do. And uh, and so it really impacted us. I, I became I 
quickly became a servant leader versus a command and control leader and learned the error of my ways through a, for, mm. for example, a 360 that went out anonymously to the staff and the feedback I received. So I began to work on how I led differently. Um, and then just how we strategize differently. It changed the way we do our strategic plans. And then we implemented an execution management process and system. And I went all the way and took that all the way into developing what we call a shared earnings system, which was a pay for performance incentive based compensation system. So all of those things just completely let us out of that doldrums that we were mm -hmm. in and made a, a drastic difference. And then, as I said, when 08 and 09 came, the good news was is our business had grown so much, 40% average annual growth for about five, six straight years there. Um, you know, we had a good backlog as, as the economy was tanking. We still had good backlog. We had two record quarters after the economy tanked. And then we had a little downturn, but we didn't fall that dramatically uh, before I left the the company that had acquired us. So, uh, but now in 2020, you know, as I mentioned, I've got, uh, well, I don't know if I mentioned, but I have over 20 clients and, uh, and, you know, I, I'm watching them basically take on all of the, those, those different elements in different ways and mm. apply, you know, daily, daily disciplines that, and attitudes that are necessary to get through this. Yeah. You know, if we, I was taking notes, I'd be writing things down like balance sheet, it matters all the time, uh, cash and its uh, readiness and accumulation matters on your knees before God being humble rather than saying, I've got to do this all by myself. That matters. Getting lean, all stuff that we would want to see as normal business habits all the time uh, continue on. And uh, that's that's just a great reminder. The question I was asking you was about what's the same, and we would be, uh, I think, not helping if we were just thinking, oh, history always repeats itself. And there's this other side of what's unique. Now, if we went into the other ditch, we'd be saying, well, this is unprecedented. Nothing like this has ever happened before. It's so unique. Right. It's usually a mix. So there's stuff that we've talked about now, and you've identified that that you could draw forward from previous times. But as you look at this time, where there's disease involved and there, we're a more global society, there's a lot of politicization. What are some of the unique things that you're noticing about this time that business leaders would do well to pay attention to? Well, I think what I found fascinating about this particular one is it's, it's, it's made me realize there's, there's four stages to, to a crisis, particularly one of this magnitude and a global magnitude. And I think, you know, the first is just the shock of, mm. of, of this happening. And I, I watched, I've watched all my clients go through the shock of what was happening. And then, and then just maybe it's the sorrow, which is really twofold. One sorrow for those who are perishing and, and struggling in this, with this disease. But the other thing is just sorry for themselves for what was about to happen or was happening in their enterprises. And then the struggle to get through it. But then just as I hit my knees in, uh, you know, back in the, in the late 90s, um, I've watched them hit that final, what I call S, uh, is surrender. And, mm -hmm. and as I didn't say earlier, but should have, that, you know, God and my faith went from being a Sunday thing to an everyday thing. And I have watched my clients' faith grow, I think, exponentially through this because 
you know, trusting God is, is really, you know, letting him control your life. And, uh, and I think they reached that point. Many of them reached that point that this was out of their control. And while they have been applying the many of the aforementioned disciplines that I talked about earl earlier, uh, particularly, you know, serving and guiding their employees and good, clear communication and cash control, I think they have began to view it as, a, as an opportune time to work on their business, not just in their business. Uh, and they've become very creative in their thinking um, and, and applying kind of this, as I mentioned earlier, this less is more strategy. Uh, and, and, and I can't overemphasize enough with clear and communication to their clear and concise communication to their staff. So I've, I've just seen all those aforementioned lessons learned applied, but I think the thing that I've been most thrilled about is watching them really surrender at this time and and go deeper in their faith uh because mm. it'll do that to you but mm. that's monumental because as you said earlier use the word humble and mm. i think it's, you know ceos in general uh, we need to be humble from time to time to really be maximize our effectiveness thanks jim this might grow right out of what you're describing but what are what is some of the encouraging behavior that you're seeing from your clients uh, some of your convene team members at, at this point well I think, first of all, I think the understanding that, um, I, I guess, if I, I just biblically, you know, I, I'm think I think of the serenity prayer, uh, hmm. you know, just just really asking God to uh, allow them to let go of the things they can't control and control it, control what they can and have the wisdom to distinguish between the two. Uh, but I've seen them go from this. Uh, once again, the, the, the sorrow and the struggle into more of a spirit of abundance, of, of thinking more positively and more of a glass is half full type uh, feeling. Uh, how can we go on the offense instead of being on the defense? Uh, and really the creative thinking, cre thinking creatively, you know, what next? Creating new partnerships. Uh, building deeper trust with their staff uh, and in individually from a soul care perspective, you know, why is this happening for me instead of to me and really trying to, to grab the, the, the positives out of this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, and I have to say, I've had one client I'm so proud of. Uh, we've been working with them since 2012, but in the midst of this mark, they actually were able to sell their business at record levels. Wow. And I have to tell you that when their transaction started, they were working with an investment banker who had 20 companies that they were working with to help sell. And 18 of those companies immediately fell away. And two were still in the process. And this one client of mine, he actually got the deal across the finish line. And I think it's because for the last seven years or eight years, he's been applying so many of these aforementioned disciplines. Wow. So I'm really proud of him. Yeah, you should be. So uh, we're kind of getting up against our time here, Jim. If someone were to listen to this and take it to heart, what is one thing you would hope that they would carry out of this conversation? Well, there's, 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 there's a lot of disciplines that I've mentioned. Yeah, you did passing, but I love the phrase, how you view things will determine how you do things. Mm 
And uh, I've, I've, I've referenced many times during this Lamentations 3, 17 through 24, where the prophet Jeremiah is really just voicing, he's just lamenting, you know, kind of the poor me, why me mm -hmm. uh, type thing. But then he had the foresight to see God high, high and lifted up above it all that his promises are true and that we can trust him. And he came through that. So I just want to encourage um, everyone listening to, you know, ask that question. Why is this happening for me versus to me? And see this as an opportunity. Seize the moment. I, I love the phrase, don't waste a good crisis. Mm -hmm. And I think as I look back on my career and everything I went through, all those valleys, it's funny when we come through the valley and we get to the other side of it, we can look back and see God's hand all over it. And wow. I, I certainly feel that way about my life. And I know that everyone that'll just approach this uh, with a spirit of abundance and positivity and, and really dig deep as to why is this happening for me, that same result's going to come. Yeah. You know, in this conversation, I've been impressed how, uh, using your words, surrender and humility are precursors to moving toward execution, seizing opportunity, moving toward creativity, uh, and getting busy. And many people, I think, might experience that as counterintuitive, like it doesn't work that way. But in your story, this taking that moment to get right before God, get right with self, leads to being able to move and see it as being for you. Uh, I, I want to thank you, Jim, for the conversation today. And we're going to put your contact information on the screen so that if anybody wants to be in touch with you, they can, and I hope they will. Uh, in our preparation for this, you, you had hoped that you might be able to have a moment to pray for the community of people who would watch us and over the convened community in general. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that now before we say goodbye. Thank you so much, Mark. I'd love to pray. So. Um, Gosh, Heavenly Father, first of all, I thank you for this opportunity to just share openly, especially at this time in our history. And I want to play, pray a blessing over each and every person that's listening to this, a protection. I want to pray your spirit upon them to bring courage and confidence and, yes, humility, but positivity and 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 just that, that spirit of abundance, that your words are true and that we can trust you. We thank you for loving us the way you do. And we know that you are good. You are a good, good father. And so I just lift each and every person up to you. I lift their businesses up to you. I, live, I, I, I lift up everyone in their sphere of influence. May they lead, not manage. May they make a difference in everyone's life. And may they just stay strong through this, knowing that they're going to come out on the other side and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be fine. And they're going to be stronger for this, both in their business, with their families and in their faith. And I lift all this up in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for uh, watching this. We've been producing discussion guides now for each of these video blogcasts that you can find uh, right in the blog itself. Hope you'll make use of that. Great for uh, senior team discussions, staff meetings, and maybe even for you and your family. Thank you and God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye.